What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G from the Fight Game Podcast. John and I are recording one day later than usual, but we have watched a lot of wrestling in a few days. John, how are you hanging in there? Good, good. A lot of wrestling. Um, definitely going to take a break after Sunday. Until <laughs> <laughs> at least Tuesday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely taking Monday off of uh, any kind of squared circle action for sure yeah it's it's been quite a few days uh i mean a lot of good stuff so that that's good mm-hmm. um i just want to mention a few things before we get kicked off here now because there were two nxt shows uh we'll do the you know the likes dislikes thing a little bit different but um this is actually our last show on the blue wire podcast network uh, our contract was up and I wanted to kind of look around and see if there were some other opportunities. And, um, you know, this is nothing. It's blue wire. I really enjoyed my year and gosh, it's almost been, it's, it's been a year and a half, really been a year and a half since we joined blue wire. And, uh, it, re- it really helped me sort of evolve this show and figure out how to do, you know, what we do today. Um, so I want to thank blue wire, but yeah, so we are not saying yet what's going to happen, but just kind of keep an eye on our social media channels, uh, the Twitter at Fight Game Media, my own Twitter, John's Twitter. Uh, if you're in our uh, podcast group, that will probably be where we uh, we mention it first. Um, but the one thing is that it's uncertain if we're going to be able to move to where we're going by next week. It's kind of, I would say it's 50, 50. If by chance we, uh, we don't, we don't uh, make the move yet. Um, we'll, we'll sort of figure out what we're going to do. I mean, we could do a bunch of different things. We could put it up for free on the Patreon. We could use Twitter spaces. We could do like a video show for YouTube. So we'll figure that out, but I I don't want to make that decision until we know for sure whether or not we're going to be at our new spot next week. Um, but just kind of keep in, you know, stay in the loop with us and, and you'll figure it out. Um, the one thing that so I, I did two shows earlier this week. I did one with my buddy Big D, who is actually in Tampa and he is going to WrestleMania. So we kind of talked about that. He's going to be one of the, I don't know, 40, 50,000 or so, or maybe less, depending on how many people are going to both shows in the audience. So we talked a lot about that, talked about his anticipation and kind of his frustration from losing WrestleMania last year. And then uh, yesterday we put up a WrestleMania 37 round table, which was Paul Fontaine, Andy Marshall, and myself alongside Jeremy Finestone. And we shot that actually for YouTube. So if you go to our YouTube channel, our Fight Game Media YouTube channel, that is uh, where you can see that. It's also in the podcast feed, but I think actually the YouTube version probably sounds even a little bit better. There was some, the output on the uh, MP3 for that that uh, podcast was a little off. So I did, I couldn't actually get it the way that I wanted, but it's up. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of like a deeper kind of questions. You know, you're not, you're not going to hear who's going to win between Sasha and Bianca. That's not what we talked about. Um, and then Saturday night. So 
after night one of WrestleMania. I'm going live on Locker Room with a few people from the Fight Game Media Network. Uh, 10 p.m. Pacific. I know for you East Coasters, it's it's a little late. If you're up, come join us. If not, no biggie. Uh, but yeah, we're going on Locker Room. We're going to talk WrestleMania night one. And uh, yeah, so that is where you can find us. Now, um, John, we are also going to be moving nights so you would we would normally record Thursday night and show would be up Friday morning. Now that NXT has moved back one day, we're going to kind of be pressed a little bit to get Dynamite done uh, as early as we can so that we can record on Wednesday night. So when we move to our new spot, it'll be Wednesday night. But if we don't move... By next week, we'll probably still do a Thursday night show just because it's it's probably a little bit easier on our schedules to do that. So um, so that's going to be the situation. Uh, but yeah, so actually, let's talk about some of the stuff that we watched. Um, I guess I, I kind of want to start. Why don't we start at uh, NXT night one? Because I feel like that show was maybe... Um, it was the, I, I thought it was the best show. Uh, it's the most well-received show. I think a lot of people, you know, saw that as like, ah, oh, takeover is back. Like this is the takeover that, you know, we, we would always get in, and that there's the love, the high level quality of wrestling. Um, did you agree with that? Uh, oh yeah. I enjoyed, uh, takeover night one overnight two. Not saying like night two was bad or anything. It just it, it had a better flow. Um, of course, had you know my favorite match so far this weekend, and uh, memorable moments too for you know to close the show out. So there's a lot of good stuff on night night one, and night two was good too. But just I thought they had a perfect flow for night 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 one, which is a really good really good show. So my two favorite matches on night one were obviously Walter and Ciampa. And I liked actually like Kushida and Dunn better than the uh, the tag. I thought the tag was fun, but um, you know there's there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, the the I think the Walter Champ like if we use that as the you know sort of the measuring stick for the weekend, if that's the best match of the weekend, I think we're good. Like, I think it's been a good weekend. But if something at WrestleMania actually is better than Walter Ciampa, that's that that's going to be that bodes well for WrestleMania because that match was, you know, it, it, it was everything that I kind of like in a wrestling match. You know, there's there's realism, there's uh, the drama, there's story. Uh, but yeah, you know, I can't I couldn't complain about that one at all. Walter, it's so weird because Like, you look at Walter, and if you watch NXT, he's probably your favorite wrestler, and he's probably like that one guy where you're like, man, I wish he was on the main roster and was doing this stuff. And then you go, wait, wait, what does Vince think about this guy? Mm. You know, like that kind of thing. And like, because, you know, realistically, if your top guys on the main roster were Roman Drew... Lashley, um, Edge, Daniel Bryan, Walter, 
like he fits in perfectly like but it's obviously not his role i don't i, I don't sense that he wants to do it because man like he's exactly what the main roster needs to me and he's you know but he's having really good matches on nxt and i just for you know for for my own selfish perspective i was like man i wish this guy was on the main roster then i'd probably watch more of the main roster than i do yeah i mean the main he the main roster needs him, but the main roster also has, you know, Matt Bloom, Shawn Michaels, Triple H booking him. You know, they don't have that. So I think, I think, and plus Walter, you know, he doesn't really want to go. He just wants to be in the UK. And that's it. And come over okay, here. What if Vince, what if Vince was like, we're going to pay you what we pay Edge, mm-hmm. $3 million to have. 10 matches a year like what if like well, that, yeah that's like what if yeah. they that's a would he would he it's a good would what if, if, it is, if i'm sure he would <laughs> i'm sure that would change things for his family and, oh, and yeah. everything but you know right now i think he's perfectly happy to wrestle the matches he wants to wrestle work with the people he wants to work with be close to home you know coming here to the united states for you know every so often it's not a, not, a, not a bad gig so um i mean i'm kind of selfish like i you know I like I want people to kind of stick with NXT, then go with the main roster because we see what happens when they do get the main roster. It just ends up, you know, just usually not not well, right? So I I just because I just selfish, but you know, I also you know I do want them to make as much money as possible, and of course they make more money when they go to the main roster. But you know, I he's tremendous though. He is definitely my favorite wrestler to watch right now. And it's cool. Cause he doesn't wrestle every time, you know, you get, we are so lucky this week. He wrestled twice, right on. Mm-hmm. And how was the match with, uh, that was, uh, on, uh, the UK show on NXT UK prelude, um, with uh, rampage Brown. It was really good. Um, not as good as the one with Chompa, just cause you know, they had the live audience aspect and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know they still sweeten the crowd on NXT, but you know obviously you can hear the little more organic reaction from the audience there. And but then you know, it's a good match, good big man match. Um, you know, taped you know, several weeks ago, maybe even longer. You know, but you know, still really good. Rampage Browns, good. So it was a good match. But yeah, Champa and Walter. Whew. I just wrote that. It's like made me love, like love pro wrestling. You know, that's the kind of matches that makes me love pro wrestling. Dramatic, intense, physical. Um, you know, I was getting into because even though they had the Rampage Brown match the next day and kind of gave away the finish of the match, I still thought, you know what though, they can just say, you know what, screw it, who cares, right? And we could do a towel change here and we could put a disclaimer up before the match tomorrow. You know, and so I was kind of like into it you know suspend disbelief a little bit some of those finish uh those uh those near falls and i thought it was just a well laid out match i thought it was, was it was damn good uh like i said Kashida and dunn was my second favorite match of the night there was a very inventive spot that they didn't quite get right i, I don't know if people really noticed that they didn't quite get it right but there there's a spot where uh, Kushida has the has the hoverboard lock on. Dunn grabs the rope. Then he puts the hoverboard lock on the other arm, and then Dunn takes him down. So he's on his back and he's got the hoverboard lock on. And so the referee goes to count three on Kushida's shoulders. So there's a timing aspect to this because right at three is when Dunn is 
going to he's got to do something and then kushida's got to do something like right at they have to time it correctly but i don't know there was something wrong because uh, i don't know if dunn like didn't he was supposed to kick the ropes but he didn't like do it and then kushida like used both of his legs to kick dunn's legs up to the ropes i don't know if you noticed that but i thought it was like a really like creative spot that didn't exactly go the way that they wanted it i think but um fun match perfect opener like i could have i could have gone you know uh, another three to five minutes but knowing that it was the opener they kind of just wanted to start hot uh, but that's another match where i'm just like this is the style of wrestling that i really really love and uh you know he had two matches that were really high level and the energy was high and they were different and yeah I, if, if if that if those were the only two matches and there was other stuff that sucked it would have still been a good show but thankfully there was other good stuff too yeah, that match was really good. Pete Dunne and uh, and uh, Kushida. I liked it. It was uh, fast paced, but total story. Um, you know, for a cold match, it was pretty damn entertaining. I feel like this is like match one of a couple more matches, probably mm-hmm. the way the finish happened. So that that's cool. And you know, they so you know just good news for us as wrestling fans. And you know, it gives Kushida something to do. I kind of wish they'd do a little more Kushida though. I think they should. Yeah. I wish he'd win the North America title, but I could say that about someone else later on too as well. But uh, <laughs> uh, he, he's he's just so good. And Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn's awesome. That guy is just, he's so much fun to, to watch. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, he, he, you know, even the gauntlet, because, you know, you sort of mentioned it. Even the gauntlet was fun. It wasn't great, but it was still really fun. Mm-hmm. It I thought was, it was good. Uh, I thought that I thought I, they know, I, I, I thought it was really well laid out. I thought you know each part told its own story, and you know, um, only negative I would say is that I wish they would have gave Shane Strickland a little more, <laughs> you know, focused him on more. So when he came to the finals at the end with Bronson, it you know you kind of had like oh maybe it's gonna go this way or that way. But once it was that, I kind of figured Bronson's winning. But you know, I thought him and him and Shane. Uh, Shane Strickland, Swerve Scott, you know, they they had a really good match at the end and they finished. I thought it was good. I liked it. They trolled me though. Hmm. I'm I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Leon Ruff. He's getting pinned, and then they just keep the camera on Stinking Loomis, who just walks out so slow. I'm like, show me what's going on in the ring. You're trolling me with this Loomis long camera action. <laughs> For Leon Ruff, man, I just just God bless him, but God, I feel like he's gonna get himself hurt. He's like the you know, they like to throw him around like Marco Stunt. I mean, he's, I, know. I, I don't know how he didn't break his shoulder on that double German suplex spot. That was, that was nuts. Or a couple other things. They tossed him in the turnbuckles and stuff. I just, he's like a rubber band. And, you know, I just hope he, I, I hope he kind of takes it, takes a little chill on some of that stuff. He's a fun guy. I, I like Leon Ruff. I like, he's a good guy to root for. What do you think of the main event? Uh, yeah, oh, that was a good match. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought EO did a great job with Raquel. Raquel did a great job. EO, like, almost, like, jacked up her whole bottom half of her body on that dive off of the smoking skull. Yeah, I didn't even think they should even needed that spot. It didn't really make sense because... It's not like an anything goes match. There's, there's was it was it sort of like a callback to the in your house one when she jumped off the house. Well, she's been jumping off stuff since that damn house. She's you know every yeah. takeover she you know the one, the war game she jumped off with the garbage can on herself you know on top of the cage and <laughs> so it's that one. <laughs> so she's kind of been doing that 
and it's one of those deals or the referee has to really stretch it out and um you know a lot could go wrong there too right um i know you know eels what five one <laughs> and it's still yeah, coming off said. coming down off that drop you know she's coming down pretty fast and I don't know. A lot of things can go wrong. I it was pretty reckless in my opinion, and didn't need it. Really didn't need it at all. But I love the. Other than that, I, just, I thought it was a good match. Um, I like that they put Raquel over strong. Um, I loved her emotion after she won. I just even thought- though she's like a badass who just almost put Eo in the in, in the graveyard. You're still okay with the crying at the end. Well, you know, like some people hate Tom Brady, you know what I mean? And he scores, he wins the Super Bowl. He's super, he's, he's celebrating, right? So, um, you know, she's happy she won the big one. So I, I don't, I'm not knocking her on that. You know, that was cool. That was a big moment for her, especially, you know, that's her probably her first championship ever in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if she even did any 80s. Maybe, maybe she did a little bit on the, on the Texas scene, but she, she, she's, she could get some uh, votes for most improved in 2021. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, look, she, she's worked she's worked with Rhea and Io, so two really good wrestlers. So they'll have to keep her working with some strong wrestlers. But yeah, she's grown and her look is amazing, and mm-hmm. I really enjoy her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think she's she's been good enough to you know she carries her own weight in that ring, so she doesn't need to just be with other leaders out there. I mean, it definitely helps, but you know, I think she'd be fine. They they they, they really know how to book her. And I Jessica Mayo. Yeah, I mean, she'll probably beat Jessica Mayer for consistently, though. You know, to stay ba- ba- battle of the the big boots. Would they going to Undertaker and Kane at big boot at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, what about Triple Threat? That was the one match where I know a lot of people really liked it. The, um, the tag team match. Yeah, I I, I I I thought it was fun, but it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure why it didn't necessarily resonate as, as much with me because it's a different match than, you know, Walter and Ciampa, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got that variety. But, yeah, I, I thought it was fun. And I love MSK. And I think they're the perfect team for NXT to kind of, you know, be cool and because they feel cool. But for whatever reason, I just was like, ah, this was good. I didn't think that it was as great as uh, a lot of people did, though. I thought it was good. Um, it's not my style, so I'm not gonna you know have it as my favorite match. But um, I thought I thought the four three way with a lot of moves, a lot of action. I thought they told a, a good story. I thought Legato de Fantasma actually stood out the most in that match, and I thought the, the booking of the match was really good because I actually thought Legato was gonna sneak it out and win it. Um, and I thought MSK was still going to go on this journey, still to, to win the titles. But I, I, I thought that was cool. Like I was, I was biting on Legato, winning at this during as the match is going on. So, but yeah, I thought everyone worked pretty hard, and it's not a lot of scrambled eggs. Like you know, it's they do a lot of moves, but it all kind of works, keeps building and building and buildings. You know, other than like other promotions that do that, it's so it was pretty good. I mean, like I said, it's. It's hard to follow Walter and Tommaso, but they put on a different style, so it it, it worked. All right, so <clears throat> at the same time as the show was AEW, uh, uh, AEW Dynamite. Uh, at the last second, they uh, called the Mike Tyson card, and they brought Iron Mike. Not last show. second. I mean, Tony Khan said they've been talking. You know, always keep in touch. And they figured, you know, you know, we got to find a date for you, man. 
and you know, hey, it just happened the same day as Takeover. I thought that was pretty funny when when, when Tony Khan said that. Uh, I mean, you know, Wait, he we, didn't want to lose. He didn't want to lose on their the last night, and I get it. I wouldn't want to lose either. Uh, but so I got some feedback that last week we were. I don't know, like kind of overly negative on certain things. And so I kind of thought it was like, well, yeah, I mean, there were some things that were frustrating uh, about AEW and, and I was frustrated with some stuff on NXT too. I just thought NXT was like just like a gigantic music video. But um, so I'm going to be negative about AEW again. Uh, but hopefully the conversation is a little bit more productive and not as just sort of like ragging on them. Maybe, maybe like I was doing a little bit last week. So, um, well, they, I, will, I mean, they gotta be better I and mean, we don't rag on them. Right. So, well, we're not ragging, we're just critiquing. That's different. Well, at, at some point, I think, you know, when you get negative about something and you get negative and you get negative, it's like, okay, well, what is the solution or what's the resolution to, to this problem? And, you know, you have booking expertise. You haven't had to book TV in the way that they're doing it, but you you understand the fundamentals of, uh, of the job. So you have a specific uh, perspective. And, you know, like, I think, uh, not not that I thought we were overly harsh but i just understood that you know when you're talking about two shows and you're talking about wednesday night wars and you're doing a podcast it's gonna be it should be entertaining and it should be exciting and we don't necessarily have to be so down like we can we can we can do a little bit better job about that so um this show, I'll, I'll get I'll get my positives out of the way because I I had two main positives, but they're kind of in the same in the same angle. Um, I really like the Jericho promo. I it's almost like he's been waiting for like six months to cut that promo for him to turn babyface, and I thought it was funny. I thought he he looked like he was having a great time, just kind of being on and doing like a monologue. Like that's what it felt like to me. It was like this is uh you know the the Arsenio Hall show and Arsenio's out there for the first 10 minutes, just, you know, telling jokes and stuff like this was Jericho's monologue. So I really enjoyed it. He kind of screwed up the Wardlow joke. Cause yeah. so the joke, the joke is that Wardlow's not smart and, you know, 10 cent brain, million dollar body. Like that was a joke, but he flipped the thing. He said like 10 cent body and million dollar brain. I don't remember exactly, but he flipped yeah, them around. Exactly. And so <laughs> I got a kick out of that. Yeah, I, I I thought he was gonna catch himself, but he just went with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, it, it's even funnier to kind of watch the guys kind of smirk and pop for certain lines. Uh, you know, with him swagger and Sammy Guevara like smiling at specific lines. So you know, I, I not not that I don't I don't know if we needed Chris Jericho as a babyface so soon, but that's that's where we are. And uh, he has declared war on uh, MJF and his crew. So they're going to do a blood and guts match on Cinco de Mayo. So we get the war games match in less than a month. I thought that was kind of interesting to go so quickly to that match and not save it for pay-per-view. Yeah, I thought this, I thought it was a dumb move. Why, why would you not save that for pay-per-view? Um, it's a, that's your first time ever doing it, right? It was dumb when WCW did it in 2000 during the Vince Russo era when they had 
you know, free war games because they're so desperate for ratings. And, you know, I don't know. Tony Khan just he's wants to get that million. Maybe think this is going to do it. It probably will, I think, too. But. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I think he's trying to figure out what their peak is right like what's the what's the peak audience that we can draw that we can sort of build from and then we'll sort of figure it out with this match yeah i would it's a bad move i mean they there's so much that story they can tell left well actually no because last week the inner circle got the revenge so i don't really see any really interest in this program but you know i'll watch the show um but that was ridiculous last week. Yeah, they, they could stretch this out and make you want to pay for that pay-per-view for this match. That's what they should be doing. I don't think it's worth the, you know, trying to hot shot to try to get over a million viewers. It's just, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. This is, this is, you know, this is like, like I said, WCW stuff from 2000. So the reason why I don't think it's a bad thing is because their contract with TNT is far more important to their bottom line than a pay-per-view buy rate. So it could be something that TNT is going to promote the hell out of. And it could be whatever happens on this show. Like maybe, maybe there's going to be, maybe Shaq's coming back on this show. Maybe something big is going to happen. And it's like the largest possible promotion they could get for the pay-per-view, which was, I think it would be like three, like two and a half months, two and a half weeks later or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I, I don't, you know, I get what you're saying because, you know, WCW and, and WWE back then, you know, when you're able to do, you know, three and 400,000 buys for pay-per-views back then yeah like you're like throwing money away because wcw is not paying for their tv i mean they're not getting paid like that for their tv but it's a little bit different um but and and, and look does AEW have a, like a longer contract with tnt though like there's no desperate need right now to do this they just sound like well, a three-year deal I mean, three-year four-year it, I mean, deal right but but if you think about it um they have been struggling a little bit in the ratings. Ratings have gone down. Now you don't have that competition. So, you know, for a month, maybe they think that they're going to be able to do some badass shows and get their, their ratings back up and and re- and really, like, you know, be kind of become the <laughs> the dandy of the industry again. I don't know. I mean, well, I I think if the idea is let's peak for TV on this show to set up this pay per view, I think it could be good. Now, personally, it feels more natural and fundamental for me as a pro wrestling fan to where you do this stuff, like you said, on pay per view. But I'm interested to see what the reason is, right? Like he's, I don't think he's just doing it to do it. Like that can't be the reason. There's got to be a, a something else. It just seems like it. It's it's all signs point to just desperation for like over a million viewers. I I mean, what can you do at the pay per view? I want to I want to know what the pay per view is going to be. If that's what if that's what they have planned. You know, for Cinco de Mile free war games matchup, they must feel they have something really big for that pay per view. Uh, we'll see. We'll Spring see. Stampede Part Two Electric Boogaloo. 
Is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I thought it's like Double or Nothing or whatever. Is that their show, man? Yeah, Double or Nothing. Yeah, it's usually their big show. So what would be a bigger match? You know, they think Kenny Omega and the Matt Jackson melodrama is going to really uh, be as, as cool as a War Games match. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I, I think it's... I. I, I think it's too too soon to do this kind of stuff. But then again, like every week they're doing some kind of crazy match. Like look at next week. Falls count anywhere. Main event, you know, Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy. Like we're already going right to that match. You know, then Darby Allen just started feuding with the Hardy family office, one of the worst group names in wrestling history. I thought you were gonna tell me it was Darby rematch against JD Drake false count anywhere. No, no. But I do like that match. <laughs> Their match is on my likes list. I like, I like uh, the match itself. I thought was good. The the afterbirth was, was was pretty bad. Um. All right. So why don't you give a like? I, I gave my Jericho like. Yeah, I like the Darby Allen match. JD Drake. I thought it was a good match. You know, best match on the show. I think wrestling wise. Um. The you know the Hardy family office attacks Darby afterwards, but that was like forgotten within seconds because they start focusing on. Bunny and Ty Conti. And I'm sorry, no disrespect to those ladies, but like I would think a Darby Allen versus a Matt Hardy or, you know, that deal is more important to focus on. I thought that was ridiculous. And, and, and making Dar- Darby stuff mean nothing, in my opinion. It just kind of canceled that out. So you remember on, uh, was it, it wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it was one of the Avengers movies. Yeah, and Dra- and Drax, like they're like, I think that I forget what the line is. It's like, who is Gamora? What is Gamora? And then he goes, why is Gamora? That's what I felt about JD Drake. I was like, why is JD Drake on my television screen? Mm-hmm. I have no idea why. Yeah, the, I- I've never seen him before. You know, I, I don't. I don't watch Dark. I, I guess he's been on Dark a few times. But I know it's an open challenge, so you're telling me that when Darby Allen said open challenge, J.D. Drake beat everyone else to Gorilla to say put his stamp on the postcard to say, I'm in the open challenge? Like, like how did he get it over people who have been on TV for all this time for their dynamite TNT belt? Like, I just was, I was just so frustrated. And I know they promoted it last week, but... I'm just like, I don't, I don't under, like, if you are trying to put together a pro wrestling television show to get me to then continue to watch or to get me to buy your pay-per-view or continue to get me to, uh, I don't know, buy merchandise or whatever, like, what, what does J.D. Drake add to the recipe, to the spaghetti sauce of AEW, um, than all these other guys who they don't put on TV or who we've been waiting to watch wrestle. Like, where's like, I would rather see Will Hobbs 10 times out of 10 than JD Drake. And this is nothing against JD Drake. I just don't know who he is. And he, he looks like, you know, he looks like a common guy, right? Like I, that's probably part of his appeal is, is he looks like common guy. I was just like, I don't, I don't really care if he's a good wrestler or not. If you're not going to tell me who he is or why he's special, why do I care? 
Yeah, that's the issue with AEW. A lot of the guys they throw on there sometimes. Like, why should we care about Bear Country? Oh, just because we're promoting Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> like, JR had fun with that one. That's the only reason. Yeah, he, he must really like that movie, you know? <laughs> like, but I get what he's doing. That's his job to promote oh, the yeah. movie. He's good at work. Yeah. Um, but still, like, okay, you're doing this, but now you just. Well, who's Bear Country? We've seen them, but they don't focus on them. There's no vignettes. There's no promos. We don't just know who the hell they are. Just two big guys. And J.D. Trick, I know who he is. I know he was in Evolve. I know he was actually featured in the main event of the uh, Evolve uh, show on the WWE Network. Um, I actually thought he was going to be picked up by WWE, but I guess they decided not to pick him up. And, you know, I'm sure he's, he's a good worker, but... But, like, yeah, like, why is this match happening? I mean, Darby Allen just a few weeks ago were, was attacked by Scorpio Sky, right? And the next week, they ask Darby Allen in, the, in his interview about Scorpio Sky attacking him. He blows it off like it doesn't matter. Now he's, he's more focused on, you know, only defending his title. I've only got to defend it, like, three times, you know? And then, you know, now we got this match. It's it just doesn't make sense. It's just a lot of stuff. Stuff you talk about spaghetti. It's like spaghetti to the wall. It's like just throwing it out there and see what sticks. And you know, JD Drake's You know, JD Drake's in a group, right? You know, he's in his own little trio. Is the job squad? Yeah, he's uh, him and Ryan Nemeth, who's who's been pretty good, and you know, Caesar uh, Bononi. Like, but why? How do they get together? Why are they together? Who are they? Um, because they lose, that's because they lose matches. That's why they're together. As far just, as I can tell, that's why they're together because they lose it, matches. It just doesn't make sense. And like they show me a graphic on television, like Darby Allen versus Jay Dreek with Ryan Namath and Cesar Bredonia's corner. Why is all of a sudden he's in their corner? Right? Like these guys are in his corner. What is this about? It's it's just they just think we're everyone just knows and we just don't know. That you gotta take your time with this stuff and introduce things, introduce characters personalities and get them over but they well, hopefully re- now that there's no competition they they can slow some of that stuff down and they can maybe do a 30 minute video or 30 minute 30 second video package to at least introduce some of this stuff and not worry that you know the fans are going to then quickly turn and, and go to nxt to see if there's a match or something i hope so i mean some of it might be too late on certain people but um but yeah, I hope going forward, I guess some new talent that they want to feature. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. My second like, and this is it for the likes for me, is uh, Tyson coming out. Now, what we have to do, we have to suspend the disbelief here because the last time we saw him, which was like a year ago, so it's not, it's been a while, him and Jericho did not like each other. And so the missing step here is to show, you know, before the show, Jericho going like, you know what, Mike, I'm that's my bad. You know, I was being a dick to you. You're the champ. I saw you beat up Roy Jones. We're good now, right? And Mike's like, Chris, you know, you're, you're El Champion. We're good. If if you gave me that <laughs> before, you know, then I'd be like, all oh, right, Tyson you know, save Jericho. But because they didn't give us that, I had to just be like, oh, okay, Tyson saving Chris. That's cool. Even though they hated each other. Um, But at least, you know, Tyson kind of got in the mix. He threw some body shots at Sean Spears. He took off his shirt and he was pretty cut up for an old dude. I I I mean, you know, I like Tyson. I like seeing him. 
I like seeing his crazy faces that he makes because he's still sort of uncomfortable being out there, but I dug that. Yeah, I mean, I liked it too. I actually had my likes as well. I thought it was fun seeing Tyson go in there and actually throw some blows. So that was cool. Um, I, I actually don't, I think that they should have done something afterwards. Like they did like a little handshake, but like maybe a little promo time with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Little, a little back and forth and then, you know, then bury the hatchet with a handshake or yeah or something yeah they just kind of like celebrate shook hands yay commercial break <laughs> let's, r- let's rush on to the next thing and um oh by the way he's gonna be a special guest enforcer referee let's hope this time he doesn't fall asleep and yawn at the uh, ringside <laughs> when he's out there um to next week but uh but yeah, I thought I liked it. I thought it was cool. You know, I'm like you. I'm a Mike Tyson guy. He entertains me, and and I like when he gets uncomfortable. You know, rips his shirt off and does, <laughs> and like, oh, this is what wrestlers do. They flex their biceps. You know, yeah. and it just good. Always gives me a chuckle. Um, all right, do you have any other likes? No, that's it. All right, so let's get to dislikes. Um, I had three where I was really frustrated. I could have had a couple of more, but they were a little bit more kind of like in the middle stuff. So I'm going to stick to this three because these three um, really bothered me. And it, But it didn't bother me to the point of where I was like, ah, this show sucks. Like this com- like I, it's like there are things that stand out that I want to point out just to see if everyone else saw them. Um, I actually put out a, a Twitter thread uh, after Dynamite and I just said, you know, was it me or was just dynamite not good and so i got a lot of feedback some people really like dynamite i think some people just like the style and sort of the carefreeness of the show and some people you know agreed and we all we kind of traded back and forth so one of my dislikes is already i already mentioned the jd drake one that one probably is like the one that stands out but uh my next one was actually in the opening match so it's Hangman and Max Caster. I love Max Caster. I think he's like a star ready to break out. And so two things about this match bothered me. The the brass knucks are dead forever. No, the boom box is dead forever. We already established that. <laughs> you know, the knucks the knucks uh, should still be the knucks, right? Like it was a chain, but yeah. I, oh, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Chain. Um you know, I just don't do it if, if he, if then, cause now the chain is meaningless. You know, you could never do it in a match now because you, you know, it's not going to work. Um, but then the other thing was at the finish. So Paige is about to do his lariat and just all of a sudden Bowens grabs his foot as he's, uh, as he's on the outside. And I, I wanted to see what the ref was doing. I was like, okay, if, if I'm the referee, this is Paige's finisher. I know this is his finisher. I'm probably watching him do his finisher. Instead, the referee, I couldn't exactly tell because of the angle. It looked like he was staring directly between where Paige and where Caster was. I don't know. It was like diagonal to the turnbuckle or something. He had to stare into no man's land so that he didn't see Bowen's mess with... Uh, Paige's leg. And so why does he mess with Paige's leg? Just so Paige can do a moonsault to the outside while Caster's just in the ring and and then he does his his finisher clothesline. That one frustrated me. I the referee I just felt bad for the referee cuz he had to like just stare into no man's land and pretend like he wasn't paying attention to the match whatsoever. I'm pretty sure that was Rick Knox and don't be 
don't feel bad for him because he's he's he wakes up in the morning already six feet under buried like that's how they've buried him in this country's this company is so bad like he's usually the guy that has to do the bucks matches where he has to sit there and sit in the corner and might as well just have a coffee while they're just doing a bunch of spots until he's ready to count three um yeah he's not that good and Wait, and, but that wasn't his fault, though. Like, that's just like, it, yeah. Max Caster didn't draw him, at, draw him away, or you know, he messed that up. And you know, he needs to be smart to know. I'm sure he knew that was coming up. He needs to be like, how to come to Max Caster, just kind of you know, ad lib it and get a reason to go over there and you know, talk to Max Caster, reprimand him about something, so he can, so they can, that spot can happen. And you know, that's that's on him. That is on him, actually. But yeah. It's um, I'm glad you're starting to catch all this stuff. This is you're getting your list. Well, I don't to me. I don't I don't look for it. But the way that they shot that thing, how could I miss it? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I was this is on my dislikes as well. Um, and, then, you know, in three and a half months since Acclaim debuted on Dynamite, both of their gimmicks, they could have used to get some heat to cheat to beat on the baby face is already gone right it's now it's just a, a, a stupid false finish uh, first a boom box remember chris jericho kicked out of that when he was hit with it and now not now you know adam page kicks out of that very big you know that very thick gold chain um they just don't get it i don't know where these guys are where are all these agents where are these smart people in the back are they just are they don't care are they you know are they just or I don't know. It's how can they let this happen on AEW Dark Elevation? Max Caster used the chain on someone, right? And he didn't even pin him. <laughs> he still went up. He still went up and hit his elbow drop. Like, dude, like, what's the heat? If you're just like, just hit with your, just beat him with your, beat the j- job guy with your finish. Ugh, it's it's bad, dude. It's really bad stuff. This is on. This is on national television. I don't know how, there, but there's so many people there that could say like, "Hey, eh, you gotta do it a different way." Like, I don't understand where those people at, or or me, they don't care. It's just they're getting paid, and it's okay. All right, what about you? <clears throat> the Sting promo, like this is second. This is the last thing on my list. Jesus. This is what I think is going to happen. I think Sting and Lance Archer are going to team against that great new tag team of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And then Lance Archer is going to turn on Sting because as Sting told Jake, get him some focus or, you know, get him ready or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then he Jake's like, I did. And he's going to destroy you. And that's what's going to happen. And but I just this was like, I don't know. I did not like this at all. Once again, Sting doesn't say a word. He gets interrupted. This is, you know, I think they had like three or four, three, three out of four, like, um, interview interruptions. Like, it's just like, it's almost like a running joke. I think maybe just they like the joke themselves. Now they're booking it too. It's just horrible. But I don't know. I hated this. What'd you think? I hated it as well. But here's the reason why I hated it. Okay. Archer basically says he admits that his booking is up yeah. and down. No, yeah, right? yeah, and I have that on my yeah. So if why now maybe he's kind of going on his own here, but why would we admit to something that is a negative? The fact that he's up and down is not because he's lost matches. I mean, he's lost some matches, but they've all been to top guys. The fact that he's been up and down has been because they 
haven't really figured out the perfect sauce to book someone who's a big badass with the guys that they want to push. That is a negative. That is not something you need to mention on television. So to me, it was like this meta thing that I like, if I'm like, um, you know, if I'm a casual fan, I don't know how you know, AEW has some casual fans, but I'm like, Oh, what does that actually mean? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he on TV sometimes? Why is he not? Is he is because he, he got in trouble? Did he, you know, like like that just makes me ask some more questions when he, the reason he's been up and down is because they just yeah. they have so too many guys and then they can't they, they you know they don't have the story for him. So I just don't I I wouldn't have pointed that out at all. Like, why does it even matter? I guess for Sting to believe in him or whatever but i don't know i just i just whenever they it's almost like maybe tony khan goes okay guys i get it you want to see more lance archer that's my bad and i'm going to admit this on tv like no like we don't need to hit like we know like just move on just make it better and then you know then you're good that's the part i didn't like yep no i agree I, i hate that inside bullshit that you know the common person wouldn't know. And it just, to me, makes Lance Archer look so much weak. Like, oh, this guy can't even get on TV. And now he's frustrated. Look how, you know, he's bigger than half the guys in the roster. But then we just see you a couple weeks ago. Like, I understand what you're talking about, deal. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, my my next one was Death Triangle in-ring promo. You know, once again, Pac can't even get one word out before he's interrupted by the best friends. <laughs> Orange Cassidy. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I'm saying this. Chris Statlander. Um, Orange Cassidy talks, but his gimmick is, is that he is his gimmick is that he's so laid back that it just, this came out so amateurish. And then on Jumbotron behind them, they show what happened in early 2020 with the death triangle beat down. OC, you know, mm-hmm. OC and the best friends, but they don't even pitch it. It's just footage being shown on the big screen. And I'm just like, this is so bad. And then Pac says they need to work their way to face them. You know, and the best friend just wanted to make them know that they're back. And just to make this even sillier and the, you lose credibility, they say, oh, yeah, we're now hanging out with the alien. I'm just like, ugh, God. I was kind of hoping the Statler came back. They would kind of drop the alien stuff. Because mm-hmm. it just comes off so ridiculous. I think you think Shivani said something, or then Jim Ross just totally blew it off <laughs> about the alien comment. I just thought that was hilarious. But uh, um, yeah, this wasn't good. This was a, a, a waste of time. All right, I'm dying for you to talk about the main event segment. And I'm what, leaving up to what you thought. I was, wait, I was leaving up to you. I thought you had that on there. So I didn't like the. Um, I, I, I. It's not that I hated it. I didn't like. I didn't think it was as impactful as it could be. It felt pretty flat to me when the Bucks turned. Like the Bucks turning, I, I feel like in whatever story they're trying to tell is kind of a big deal. Like it's like you know, it, it signifies something, right? Mm. And it just felt really flat. And maybe maybe the announcers as well didn't really you know give it what it needed but i don't know i just watched it and i was like huh ah, okay i guess um moxley i guess he's the right guy for them to turn on but um i don't know i i think i would just avoid making him at 
anytime uncool because he's like literally the only cool guy maybe even in wrestling right now as a baby face uh, on the men's side at least um you know i it's, it's, there's there's definitely more but I just, I just see his character as like he's he's a little bit uh uh, bulletproof, I would say right now because he's been booked so strongly. So doing stuff like this pecks away at him a little bit. But overall, you know, he he did he wasn't a friend of theirs. He sort of understood that you know they were he 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 just needed two guys or whatever. So it, it's okay. I'm I'm not I'm not too bothered that it was Moxley, but I don't know. He's just the guy that I would just keep as humanly strong as possible. You know. No, I agree. Uh, this was horrible. Um, it's this this whole this is us love story between the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega is maybe interesting to their hardcore fan base, maybe. But then again, they they all know it's just the, the way they talk to their fan base. But oh, you know, this is all this is our. I art. think this is one you had to be a BTE watcher to really get in. But are those fans and, really that uh, invested? Like, oh my god, I can't believe it. You know, or you know, well, it's not the Golden Lovers, right? Yeah. Like that, it's not to that level because that really did seem to have a lot of people. You know, kind of waiting to see the next move I, that's not that's not what this is for sure yeah yeah and it's been so it reminded me of that 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 omega ibushi tag match with the young bucks from long beach we were like at moments during a match they couldn't even hit regular normal moves they hit on everyone else because they don't want to cause damage or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll never forget that match where K Mega wanted to, he had the one wing angel on, I think, Matt Jackson, maybe Nick, whoever the hell it was. And he just couldn't do it. Like, you can't hit your finisher you've never put anyone in the hospital with, like, to win a match. It's just so dumb. Um, they, they're overthinking this stuff. They think people really do care about this, but they don't. This has been such a, poorly done angle i th- i think it's it was a really i don't yeah i agree like moxley shouldn't be in this if they're gonna do this well shouldn't it be like on cody Rhodes or something like that that was kind of with that whole or an adam page that was in that elite group but i know cody doesn't want nothing to do with this obviously i mean that's one of the issues they're having they're all on different pages those executive vice presidents but like it's it's just i don't know what could be big? What's going to lead from this? Is it going to be a New Japan coming in? I saw, I know, I, I don't know if that Tom Tonga is probably just trolling, but, you know, he think he put out there that if Moxley needed help, you know, they got them, you know, in the Bullet Club feud. But you're, then again, that's kind of cool on the on the hardcore fans, but, like, who's the Bullet Club, <laughs> you know? Who, who, who does the casual fan... Know the Bullet Club? What's that story? What's that history? What's the history between these guys? Like you're right. Like you have to watch BTE, but I'm gonna watch that crap to you know to get these little details. Like why should I'm not gonna watch BTE when I see a clip of uh, Carl Anderson and New Gallows swinging their dicks around, right? And the Young Bucks watching it. Like what makes what makes me want to go check that out? I heard uh, Luke Gallows was jacking off so much after not being able to jack off. That he finally did go blind. <laughs> My God! And this is Dave Meltzer's favorite comedy, huh? His favorite <laughs> show on weekly sitcoms. Um, you need to talk to him about this. Then, when we, when we get to 
get back and hang out and go get sushi. He's going to probably be mad. He's going to be like, LaRock, I can't have you coming over now. You just ruined my buzz when you watch these shows. Like, you keep pointing out the stuff. Um, yeah, I just don't get this at all. I don't get this at all. And I know it's funny. I was like, who's the fan that started stumbling out? It was Eddie Kingston. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I didn't real. I didn't recognize it was him until much later. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I don't want to see Moxley in this. I he should be doing something else. Uh, yeah, not good. All right, before we get to uh, night two of NXT, quickly thoughts on uh, Bloodsport. Um, I thought it was overall. I thought the matches were good. Um, the main event that was good, bloody. Um, that was wild between John Moxley and, and Josh Barnett. Um, too long, I thought. They didn't need twelve freaking matches. That first women's match was especially because I think it I, aged me like five years. That's how long it. I went. didn't know. I like. I knew most of one person. Mm. in the matches but i didn't know like the other half of like i didn't know the guy that davy boy smith wrestled i didn't know the guy that chris dickinson wrestled i didn't know mm-hmm. um who of, alex coughlin wrestled a lot of gcw people it seemed it seemed um seemed like though royce isaac who wrestled coughlin is not from gcw stuff he's from oh actually you know what i do know him because i saw him on one of the other shows yeah um, uh, what did what did you think of buffed out chavo dude gassed up chavo man it was awesome i i actually liked i thought that match was uh a little bit it was a little bit of a veering away from this really serious mm-hmm. style but I, I thought they still did that style very well yeah and and it was fun i liked that match yeah i didn't like the leo rush match because it was it felt like a little rush showcase. Like it was just mm-hmm. one. He got a guy that he could do stuff with. Um, the worst match is that Schlack versus Super Beast. That disqualification from biting the toe and yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a waste, dude. That guy doesn't yeah, want to do. I don't it. know what's going on there. It, I don't think. He, well, he's not going to lose. He's not going to lose in front of his those people that watch him hit people with light tubes and stuff. Like, <laughs> so you know what you do? Don't book the guy. Just yeah, yeah. Don't book him. I mean, maybe maybe they thought he was going to sell tickets. But you have Moxie versus you have Moxie versus Josh Barnett. I don't think you need Schlack. <laughs> You're just a Schlack out of here. Like that was stupid. Um, like I said, I didn't like the opener. Like I said, those, that women match was just like so bad. I mean, that girl, that 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 Australian girl was a good grappler, but the other girl, man, who that Taekwondo girl, who was not digging her stuff. Um, I, but I hated the production. I absolutely freaking hated the production of it. Um, I think they were using like iPhone cameras at some point as well. Like I saw a guy with a selfie stick and an iPhone camera kind of using it to like maybe shoot close-ups or something. Well, first of all, if they're outside, they can't get a whole lighting trust thing going. Like I know they have, they have money. Like they could have definitely paid some more into their production of this especially they're going to be running all these shows and outside late at night like they had that one big light so everything's dark and you couldn't hear the action in the ring it was very low i couldn't hear the crowd was popping or not um 
Yeah, you hear the commentators fine, but you know you couldn't. Hear I actually the, liked the, uh, the whoever the color guy was. Yeah, he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he did a good job, but like you couldn't hear the strikes. You couldn't hear. You could barely hear the slams of the ring. So it kind of took it down for me when I was watching it. Uh, I missed. I, I was hoping Kratos was going to be on the show. Yeah, he was on this one. Caljack either. I don't know why. Scheduling like conflicts. Yeah, no Caljack. Yeah, but um, even that one kid, that Nolan Edward kid, I liked him from the show. And they got to eventually figure out like what Bloodsport is, right? Mm-hmm. Like why they why are people fighting beyond just um beyond just just fighting for prize money, right? Like is there a championship to to go for? Is there ranking system? Like they you know, it's a six one by now, so they gotta figure that out. There was a comment by I don't remember if it's a color guy or the play by play guy, but when Moxley snapped Barnett's fingers, he said that that was actually against the rules. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't even know what the rules are. Like, yeah. I, you know, what are the rules? Like, I wish they would explain that a little bit more and also just, you know, give us like, like, I, I feel like blood sport is like this really great paragraph of writing, but it's missing a lead sentence. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand exactly what blood sport is like i know it's a really snug wrestling sort of there's mma involved i I just wish someone would define it for me so when i watch it i go okay this is what i'm measuring it against is is what this is supposed to be but i still enjoyed it you know I, i i had fun with it the Moxie and barnett match was was really good and 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 i'll explain why it Probably, well, I probably liked one of the matches a little bit less on Takeover because I watched Bloodsport before I watched Takeover. Um, second night, mm-hmm. so actually, let's go to let's go to Takeover second night. I, I'm gonna guess that we have some small differences in uh, what we enjoyed and didn't necessarily enjoy on this match on this show. I thought it was like a level and a half below night one. Um, now. I'll 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 give out my two positives really quickly so that you know you can you can talk a little bit about it. For for one, I thought this was the best version of Karrion Cross I've seen. This was really in his wheelhouse. The match was built to, you know, really put him over big time. Like, you know, when you compare it to him beating Keith Lee versus winning this match, he looks so much better in this match. Um and then the other thing I liked uh, we'll talk about this match in a, a little bit more because I did not like the match that much, but I thought Colin O'Reilly worked their asses off. I didn't like the story of the match. I didn't like the length of the match. I feel like they may still be wrestling right now, <laughs> but those guys, you know, they really believed in that story. They really believed in, you know, they tried to make that story like the story that it should have been. I thought it was overindulgent a lot, but I cannot put down how hard those guys mm-hmm. work. They worked their asses off in that match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to the Karrion Cross Finn Balor match. I thought that was really good. It's probably my second favorite match of the, of the takeovers, you know, right under Walter and Ciampa, um, you know, Finn Balor is definitely way ahead of Keith Lee, you know, when it comes to, you know, as a leader in there. And, you know, I thought, but I thought Krause did a great job. I thought he was good at a good selling. I thought they told a great story. Um, 
Balor, of course, is tremendous. I think he's probably the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, he's just so he's on another level, just another level. Um, but yeah, I love this match and definitely the match that Karen Cross had needed. And he looked like a killer. And I love the finish. And I thought I had nothing to play about this match at all. I thought that was uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought it was a home run for everyone involved. Okay, so here's what I didn't like about the finish of that match. So I just got finished watch, watching Moxley and Barnett. And the Moxley and Barnett finish was basically Josh, like, stomping his head mm-hmm. and knocking him out, yeah. essentially. And so I'm watching Cross and Balor, and there's a moment where Balor is selling, like he's completely out. And I was like, awesome. This is a great... Like, if the referee just calls off the match... Cross is a killer. He's an absolute 100% killer. I love that finish. But then he picked him back up and then they had to do the, the what is it? The, that slice. What, what did elbow he do? That the elbow back thing? of the head. Yeah. yeah. So that still was fine. But I thought the moment of knocking out Finn Balor would have been an awesome way to end that match. And then, cause I had just seen the Moxley Barnett finish and I was like, that was an awesome finish. That could have been an awesome finish, but then they did, you know, they had to go to their finisher and, and finish it that way. So not hor- like I didn't dislike it, but when I compared the two, I'd like the Moxley finish a lot more. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to compare those two, but I, I liked the uh, I, I mean, I'm OK with the finish because they're still trying to establish that finisher as his big finish. So I thought I was fine. And, you know. Ballers just so amazing selling up for it and everything like the timing of it was great uh, so yeah I'm, I'm fine with the yeah you know, I thought it was gonna be a knockout too when he was getting the, he's raining down the elbows right I thought they were gonna yeah. referee's gonna dive in and yes and uh stop I that it been so great that's what I, I would have I would have just been like I would have stood up and like clapped mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it would have been cool too but I guess you know a lot, you know, a lot of ways to skin a cat but I thought um who are you, Brian Sabian, <laughs> old Giants general manager? That's, That's right, insane. because we got some more in here. Yeah, we know we're we're kicking the tires on uh, <laughs> do our due diligence. That's his big one. <laughs> All right, what else did you like? Um, I agree with you about Kyle Riley, Adam Cole. I didn't need to be forty minutes long. It could have been like fifteen minutes less, but overall. I like the I like the story that they told. Um, it was you know a good story. They could have took some of the stunts out and like I said, narrowed this match down to like twenty five minutes would have been a perfect time. And I like the end that you know Kyle finally did something to you know you know he was he was not the you know bearing breast him on the on the stairs, but he kind of had like a moment of like man like almost like the whole like looking back at their run together as brothers and stuff and you know he couldn't do that to him but then he had to go to that place and he did so i, I like that, that part of it but yeah 40 minutes <laughs> way too long i think they started losing the crowd like in the middle section because it's going so long they kind of got in after the after the big stunt with the uh the rampway but but yeah if they would have kept this would have been 25 minutes it would have been it would have been pretty damn good you know i bet you they're gonna rustle again and it's gonna be better just because they'll have this in their rear view going like okay like it'll be a regular match next time because this they should not wrestle again for a very long time obviously adam cole needs to be off tv for a while because of the angle afterwards of him being you know stretchered out and 
I don't know if Kyle's the one that f- wins the title from Karrion Cross or, but like, they should definitely. It should definitely come down to when a title's online, I think, or or something, or normal contendership down the line, but not for a while, though. I hope, at least. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about this, uh, what was it? Um, gosh, I forgot. Well, I'll come back to it later. Did you? Um, did you that opening exchange? Which, by the way, thank God they started throwing blows right when the bell rang. They didn't lock up. You know, they raced at each other. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. But when they were doing that forearm exchange, dude, Kyle connected with a good one right on the chin of Cole, and he was—I <laughs> think he got a little—he got loopy. a little loopy. And you know, referees checking a little, looking in there closely. Um, I mean, I heard it too. He's like, "Bam!" And then uh, you know, they're, cause they're going wild, right? They're just trying to make it a big wild exchange. So I thought, "Oh my god!" <laughs> This was it already. Like, oh no, whatever they had plans out the window, but they, yeah, Adam Cole recovered. And uh, they, like I said, I, I like the match. I God, I just wish it was, I wish it was, uh, you know what? You know what I loved about it? There's like a, this chain cane of like different things were involved. It wasn't like the typical kendo stick, table spot, you know, I, I, that's, I appreciate that. Like they decided to make this different than the standard quote unquote extreme matches that we you know are so cliche today so okay now i remember what i was going to say i made this point on wrestling observer radio with Meltzer. it's a i'll admit it's very nitpicky and it has solely to do with how much wrestling i watched in the last few days but after watching blood sport after watching um cross like at some point i think i became numb to the wrestling aspect of this where it was almost like the goal was to knock the other guy senseless because the last two matches were kind of like that and then the Moxley and Barnett match so by the time this match I was just like oh my god I'm it was almost like I I've seen so much violence (laughs) like I was kind of getting I wasn't getting sick to my stomach but I was just like man like you know I wish I wish it was like I wish I had a flare steamboat in there to kind of cleanse my palate with all this carnage that was happening all these guys wanting to destroy each other I think that that was was like a nitpicky thing because I watched Bloodsport after right so I think when it came to Barnett and Moxley and it was a good match I, I wasn't like sitting there like oh this is great like I was just watching it right in what so you think of Barnett's promo, by the way? Oh, you know what? I honestly, honestly I didn't. I turned it off. <laughs> that okay, point. so so I'll tell I'll tell you what he said. So you know he thanked everyone, but he said Bloodsport. I forget what he said Bloodsport was, but he said you know what Bloodsport isn't. No catchphrases. No leg slapping. <laughs> and Moxley's right there. It was like a direct shot at like. Maybe it was a direct shot at WWE, but like AEW gets a lot of shit for that too, right? Mm-hmm. For for the leg slapping. And so then Moxley goes, he's, he like rips the mic from Barnett and he's like, yeah, no catchphrases. I've been trying to think of a catchphrase for 10 years and I haven't thought of one yet. But uh, I just thought it was funny. I'm like, Barnett, dude, like the guy works for AEW. He's on loan from, well, maybe he's not on loan. Like, but Tony Khan is like, yeah, go do Bloodsport. I know you like it. You can't be talking about leg slapping <laughs> after the sh- after the match is over. Is Tony Khan like, oh, yeah, go ahead and do Nick Gage and some kind of exploding light tube match. Wait, did you see that? And I just saw online that they the Twitter video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I know Mox really likes to do these crazy 
deathmatch stuff, but what if he gets hurt on one of these stupid shows, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I worry about. Like, you're investing so much money in him, and he goes out and breaks an ankle or something, for slices himself up so bad where he has to be out for a while. Now, you're, now your pay-per-view matches to shit, right? So... All right. What else? Uh, give us a couple more likes and dislikes and we'll get out of here. I really don't have a dislike. I kind of like it was kind of weird because I'm like, oh, we just have two takeover shows. And how are we going to do likes and dislikes? Are we doing like show each? So I kind of just like ranked it from like my, my favorite match to my least favorite match. And my least favorite mm-hmm. match was the women's tag match from night two. Mm-hmm. It's it was probably going to be the least favorite match anyways um and it wasn't it wasn't that good um but at least thank god it was only 10 minutes and i was just telling someone before that night i was like if they do a 10 minutes i guess it'd be just whatever but you know what though i i i I wasn't as disappointed with it as i was with uh gargano and bronson reed and i will admit some of my disappointment was that i wanted to see bronson reed win but when i sort of saw the the chess pieces out on the table. I was like, okay, he's not winning because they've they've already mm-hmm. they've already uh, changed the belt on you know too many times in these three days, so he's not winning. But uh, I didn't. I, I wanted. I don't know. I that for for whatever reason, I didn't. I didn't really get into that match as much as I thought I would. I think because this is why I felt. I it it dis, the match itself disappointed me. It was a good match in itself. It was it was fine. It was a good match, but like. And yes, Bronson not winning the title did, you know, leave a... I was like, oh man, I was hoping you'd get it here. Because I think Gargano's a gimmick and doesn't really need a, the championship right now, right? He just He's just a, he's a comedy, kind of a goofy heel character. The whole way is like that. So I thought they could be fine without the title. Um, But he, I think what... I think Johnny Gargano needed to be that heel that's bumping his ass off. I mean, he was, but like, he kind of gets that. There was no like big, like just big bumping around. Like, oh my god, and he's getting thrown around, and holy shoot, he's taking bumps over the top rope, like an old school kind of heel. But it kind of just broke down to like a regular Johnny Gargano takeover match, and that's what I thought. Like, I thought it could have been more, you know. A little more cheating on Gargano's spot, a lot more bumping around. You could have Austin Theory involved, cheating more. You could even have the girls come out and trying to, you know, it could have been more of a big old gimmick than just a straightforward mm-hmm. match. It could have been shorter. Um, I still thought Reed was fantastic in the match. I think he's such, I think he's probably the best big man out there, at least one of the best big men out there, because he can, you know, is selling so good as a big man, you know. I, mm-hmm. just, I wish he wouldn't do that damn apron spot in the gauntlet match. That was oh freaking my scary. God. But he, he, I can't believe he was fine. Um, but um, I don't know if he's going to the main roster. I can see him going up there, you know, big guy, you know. But I like Bronson in NXT. I think there's still more to be told with him. Um, he did come short in a second. Is the second time with the North Mary title, but. You can find something for him to do. I, I hope uh, I hope he sticks around. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, no. So did you? So no. No negatives then. So we're, did so you? We're pretty good. Did you like the Santos Escobar Jordan Devlin match? Letter match. I liked it. 
It was freaking uh, nuts. But <laughs> it was sort, nuts. sort of the same. Sort of the same reason I didn't. I wasn't the, as big of a fan as the triple threat tag for for sort of mm-hmm. the same reasons. Like so much crazy stuff. Like I didn't like. I didn't like the end. Like I thought Jordan Devlin was gonna die at the end, and I thought he did. Going, yeah. So I don't know that that stuff like when when you're trying to upstage and be more inventive because that there's like there's been so many ladder matches now everyone tries to like oh what hasn't been done yet oh well I'm gonna throw you into a ladder in the corner and break the ladder in half and then your body's gonna bend in this weird way like Mm -hmm. that stuff doesn't pop me it just makes me go God why would you possibly do that to yourself Yeah and then like he did George did a lot of crazy stuff and even early on he did that Asai moonsault to the floor and he you know right next to the announcer's announce table and he hits his back of the head on that hard part of the announce table um he was a little shaken up from that and um that moonsault off the top of the ladder was nuts um the bump at the end was nuts the bump that scared the crap out of me is when the legato de fantasma came out and they and jordan devlin's reaching for the titles they pushed the ladder and you know jordan took that big bump over the top row oh, yeah. the floor. Oh yeah. But what made it so scary is like I've you know we've seen that bump before, but like it was like they can't push that ladder fast, I thought. Like, oh shit, I don't think they gave him time to set up. But he, I mean they replayed it, it was perfect. But I don't know, the way Raul Mendoza worked that and it just looked a lot scarier than it. Usually it's like a slower push of the shove the guy off the ladder and the guy slowly you know falls teeters off and over the top rope, but um, it was nuts. It was a nuts match. Um, I was, I thought Jordan Devil's going to win, but you know, I'm cool with Escobar, you know, yep. putting a stamp on me too. I thought it was, even though I was a heel, I thought it was, I kind of liked that spot with his son, you know? I yeah, it was know. pretty cool. I just thought it was cool. And then that promo after two later on the night, I thought that was, was a good strong promo as well. Like he just feels like something, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what. I would like to see them debut a a new championship belt for him on the Tuesday show. And I still like to see him break off from the cruiserweight division eventually and, um, and, and, and move up the ranks. Cause that guy has so much charisma, man. He's a, he, he, you know, he's just, he just oozes it. He just looks cool. The group's cool. Um, I, yeah, I just, I'm with you on, on Legato, man. I just, I want more and more of them. Yeah. Uh, all right, WrestleMania 37. When people listen to this, uh, we'll probably be close to uh, night one for WrestleMania. What match? I mean, you, you've said it already. You, you can't wait to watch Rhea Ripley with your daughter. Uh, that you're looking forward to that match. But you know what else? What what else? You know, when you look at this card, when you look at the two nights. This is the match you're circling. Like, hmm, this is this is kind of the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Other than Rhea Ripley and Asuka, um, I, you know, I want to see that three-way main event with Reigns and Daniel Bryan and Edge. I think they'll, they'll, they'll tear, they'll tear it down. You know, they got three really great guys in there. Um, I'm hoping Sasha and, um, Bianca tear it down night Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Then the main event. Um, also looking forward to Drew and Lashley. I do think it's going to be some kind of a wonky fuck finish because, it's the way they're placing it, probably in the middle of the show. I hope they don't open with I it. think it's going to open. Really? I think so. Uh, I don't like when they open with a big match like that. It's... Yeah, yeah. And I'm debating about if I'm going to 
turn the power off when the the fiend match starts for my kids <laughs> but i did so i did get the kids some action figures um for easter they came uh-huh. later um but uh i did get hunter one of the yeah yeah three characters he got roman reigns he got undertaker and i decided to introduce him to the fiend mm. and so i got him that guy because he likes bad guys right now like he's all like uh, the marvel dc bad guys like bad guy mm-hmm. bad guy and so i'm like okay well you want bad guys right? <laughs> so there's a bad guy and he goes hmm that guy's scary but then he's like holding <laughs> him and walk around the house with him took him on to a drive with my wife they went somewhere he had it i'm like he brought one toy with him he brought a the fiend <laughs> in the car you know wow and chloe got dakota kai she got io shirai and she got tegan knox she likes tegan knox so and I got she doesn't, co- any, she doesn't want any of the boy dolls, just the girl dolls. She wants to guess all she like. She would not care. Like WrestleMania is going to be like, just let me know when Rhea shows up, basically, or mm-hmm. or anytime any of the women wrestle. Um, but yeah, I actually got more coming for them. I got it's addiction now. Now I got more kids toys coming. So, <laughs> all right, we did it. We did uh, it. We were we were kind of worried about getting this show together because of the crazy week, but we did it and. You know, we'll start anew in wherever we go in our new home. Uh, but yeah, just just stay glued into uh, the, our social media, and we'll we'll let you know because you know we really want everyone to to come through and to you know continue listening to us because you know one of the things about this feed originally this feed started on SoundCloud. You remember the SoundCloud days before we got picked up by Blue Wire. Then the feed went to, uh, I forgot, I forgot, Blue Wire had a couple of different ones for us, Art 19 or whatever, now we use Simplecast. But, you know, there, there's been a little bit of a, of, of a change up in the show. You know, when the Wednesday Night War came, we we're like, okay, let, let's, let's review these shows. Like, how are we going to review them? Oh, you know, likes and dislikes. Everyone, you know, kind of goes through the show front to back and talks about, like, let's just give our likes and dislikes. So, you know, people have stayed with us throughout this time and we really appreciate it and hopefully you will follow us to the next place and and uh yeah we're, i mean and look you know we're going to be doing other stuff like there's going to be more video content on the youtube page i think i am investing in it um we're just going to do more things that i think people will enjoy and you know this podcast i i, I don't think i i imagine we're going to kind of stay on the same wavelength but um you know we'll, we'll be doing other stuff to you know a lot of the the giveaways that we've been doing all that stuff is is, is gonna you know stay i, I already told moxley that you know when his book comes out i'm like yeah i'm giving away like three books or something you know five books like something fun like that you know for when uh when we do fun stuff just like our g1 thing and then the new japan cup thing that we did so we'll continue to do that stuff so i hope you guys uh, stick with us and follow us uh, just uh, keep 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 on the lookout we'll let you know where we go so all right thanks again to blue wire our last show on blue wire but for John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.